0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by the fine folks down at Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing from waiters and boots to thread and feathers drift has it all check in on their website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need and they're shipping for free across canada on orders over 175 bucks visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more driftoutfitters.com Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is the uh, middle of January and this is the first episode we're recording of the new year, uh, 2023. I guess you could say it's almost like a new season of SoFly podcast episodes. And uh, I've got myself, Mitch. We've got uh, Idis. Hey, howdy. And we've got Yelma. Hello. And today we don't have Aldo on the show because Aldo's actually coming back from a trip to Andros. If you've been following along, he's fishing down there with uh, a couple friends of ours and uh, with Prince, the guide, who, of course, we covered much of before when you know yelma and aldo went down to fish with prince and matt but uh yeah aldo's been fishing in Andros. so uh check out our SoFly because there's some pretty crazy video clips that he did you guys see the the like the school of 650 bonefish well yeah you saw it he sent it to all of us
1: oh that was insane it
0: was crazy it was they were yeah just but like just on like, top casting of into it they all scattered he's like yeah, it doesn't matter they just come right back for it <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was insane but Uh, So all those down there, he's coming back today, but we are very excited to have our first guest on the show. Today, we've got Jim McLennan, who is a longtime fly fisher and outdoor writer from Alberta, Canada. Uh, He's written and published five books about fly fishing, including Trout Tracks, his most recent book, which we'll be discussing today. Uh, Jim's writing and photography frequently appear in numerous prominent outdoor magazines like Fly Fisherman, Fly Fusion, Strong, The Alberta Fishing Guide, uh, Pointing Dog Journal, and Gray's Sporting Journal. Uh, Jim was also one of the first fly fishing guides on Alberta's legendary Boa River, which we definitely want to talk about definitely uh, today he and his wife linda operate McClendon fly fishing a business dedicated to instruction but along with fishing fly fishing arts jim's other passions are hunting upland birds and of course playing music his first solo music cd six string gumbo was released in 2011 was nominated for a western Canyon music award love the name of that album today jim is on SoFly. fly jim welcome to the show
2: thanks for having me i'm, uh, I'm pleasure to be here, here. Yeah, no,
0: we're super excited to chat, man. Well, Get into another year good. of podcast episodes, and we've got wow. so much stuff we could talk about today because you've got such a interesting kind of like life. You do so <laughs> many different things besides fly fishing.
2: Yeah, well, I, I sort of try and identify the things that are least likely least likely to produce a real income, and I go straight for those. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's it. a good way yeah, to stay happy. We to do the same thing, so cool. <laughs> okay. It is a good way to stay happy. <laughs> and maybe a making night. a podcast is similar. I don't know. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. hundred yeah. no, yeah. uh, yeah, percent. We, we have to have jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jim, uh, where are you calling in from today?
2: Uh, I am at home in uh, Turner Valley, Alberta. Actually, it's technically Turner Valley and the uh, nearby town of Black Diamond just amalgamated on the first of January, and so it's now, act, to be accurate, as Diamond Valley, Alberta. But this oh, cool. is about... Okay. Uh, Forty-five minutes southwest of Calgary, I guess, straight west of Okotoks. If anybody knows where Okotoks mm-hmm. is, okay. Yeah.
0: So, is there any fishing going on this time of year? Or is it just kind of too cold to get out there? Uh,
2: no, there's there's some fishing going on. You, you can fish the the Bow, kind of the in the parts in and for some distance downstream of Calgary, uh, yep. that stays open, and so we got a couple of other streams. I mean, it's not this is not high season by any means, but uh part of the old man uh, river is open below the old man dam and part of the crow's nest river is open a nice free a good part of the year so we, we have some fishing but it's not uh, you know we don't have the choices that we do in uh, you know come mm-hmm. summer and, and
0: well i've on. seen some of the temperatures out there this time of year it's like uh, even before the holidays it was like minus minus oh, 30 temperatures well, eh? it was getting pretty oh, chilly
2: it was it was just before christmas yeah it was yeah uh, the low minus 30s, uh, approaching minus 40. <laughs> but boy, since Christmas, we've been on a good run. It's plus three or four or five today. Uh, oh, nice! The forecast is like that for as far as we can see. And that doesn't mean something bad won't show up again, but f- yeah. for a while, it looks good.
0: Oh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, today we want to talk about, you know, obviously your fishing life. Uh, we want to get into your writing and, and of course, want to talk about your music too. And, and trout tracks, I think is, is oh, what we want to cover today because it's your most recent book. But um, why don't we just start by giving kind of listeners a glimpse into your fishing life and how it started, like how you got into fly fishing, where it all began, and why?
2: Yeah, well, it, I'm not really even clear on, on why I, I became so interested, but it was when I was, I guess, sort of a youngish teenager. Um, my, my dad was uh, always a, a hunter, just a, a bird hunter, a waterfowl and upland bird hunter. Uh, And he had uh, intentions of becoming a fly fisher because he had some friends who were, you know, real keen fly fishers. And he got all the tackle and got a little bit of help from them to get started. But he he never really, you know, got the full-on, you know, passion for it that I did. And I'm not really sure why. Part of it was I I think some people um, loaned... Some of these friends loaned my dad some books on fly fishing. One of them was called uh, *Trout* by Ray Bergman, uh, which is a really influential book for me and, and probably a lot of fly fishers of my vintage. Um, and I, I just uh, reading that, it, it just uh, I, I wanted to do that, and so and so I, I got kind of keen on it. Um, and maybe the uh, the the clinching thing, I suppose, was um, my dad. Uh, was was really good friends with Lee Perkins, the the man who, he died I guess uh, about eighteen months ago at ninety two I think and was the, uh, you know the CEO and, and owner mm-hmm. of Orvis from nineteen sixty five until he died just you know a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. anyway he my dad was it was pals with Lee before Lee acquired Orvis, and uh, Lee was actually working for a company that sold automotive equipment, and a company that actually manufactured automotive equipment. My dad was had a store in Edmonton that was a wholesale, uh, wholesale dealer for some of this equipment that the company Lee worked for manufactured. So mm-hmm. uh, Lee would come out on sales calls to Alberta um, and, you know, selling stuff to my dad for his store. And um, they very quickly realized that they had this common interest in bird hunting. And uh, so Lee would... Um, once he realized this, he would make sure that his uh, sales trips to Alberta were always in October. Right. So that, uh, and they would, they, would, they would, my dad would call in his staff on a Sunday when the store was closed uh, to get the, the sales pitch and see the new products or whatever from, from Lee. Of course, that didn't mm-hmm. go over great with the staff, because Sunday was usually their day off. But at that time, you couldn't hunt on Sunday in Alberta. So that made perfect oh. sense to d- Dad and, and Lee to, to well, let Let's have the sales meeting on Sunday, and then we go hunting on on Monday and Tuesday, or Friday and Saturday, that. whatever. So they, they they did that for quite a number of years. Lee would come up every year, and uh, and then uh, somewhere in this, uh, in well, it was 1965 when he um, he bought the Orvis company. one of the first things, well, it wouldn't have been the first thing, but but not long after that, uh, an Orvis bamboo fly rod arrived in the mail for you know for my dad and and. Uh, and you know, Lee continued to come up and, and hunt, and uh, and uh, I talked to him about fly fishing a lot, and, and he even recalled that. He said, mostly what you wanted to talk about was fly fishing. And I was like 13 or 14 maybe at the time, I don't mm-hmm. know, somewhere in there. Um, and so I guess th- that really, you know, I had this guy who, who knew a lot about fly fishing who would talk to me about it, and, uh, and we had the tackle, and we had some, you know, a couple of friends of dads who liked to do it. And, uh, for whatever reason... Um, I just found it really compelling to to do this stuff. So, do
0: you still have the bamboo rod that Lee sent up? Yes. Uh, was uh, that. Oh yeah! yeah I, I, amazing. Do,
2: it was uh, it was an eight foot. Was, this is going to sound kind of weird by today's standards. It was an eight foot eight weight. Um, wow. It wasn't even designated eight weight. It was designated by the letters. I I guess you remember when they did that. No, you won't remember that. But uh, <laughs> they had a, a, a letter for the de, for the. Uh, diameter of the line and there was like okay. hGH and GbG and stuff which would designate the diameter and the taper. GBG okay. would have been some kind of a double taper. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I did break that rod um, not too long after we got it and yeah. I, I have uh, he actually replaced it but I, I sent him a letter and said, I don't remember what I said, but I apologize yeah. for breaking the rod. And what should I do? And he just sent another rod. So, that's awesome. Yeah. He was quite yeah. the guy. He was, he was a very nice yeah. fellow. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. He
2: seemed, he seemed to, to understand that I was uh, keen on this and that uh, he could probably ruin my life if he chose to. And, you know, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really. Not that's really.
0: cool. Lee, yeah. man, that's crazy. Like I've read a little bit about like some of the mm-hmm. like legend around him and Pretty interesting fellow. That's pretty really. awesome person to have as a friend for you and your dad. Yeah, I mean, re- it really was.
2: It. And, and we continued yeah. to be friends, uh, you know, long after my dad uh, passed. Um, I, you know, I never saw Lee all that often, just every few years. But uh, I hunted birds with him a few times, and I yeah. went to his place in Florida and hunted quail a couple times and fished with him some. And he used to come up, He, he after he got Orvis, and, and actually quite a while after that, in, uh, let's see, it was 1982, um, three of us in Calgary decided that we should open the first uh, fly fishing store in Calgary. There weren't any prior to that. Okay. And so we did that. And, and with my you know, personal knowledge and connection to Orvis, sort of, the obvious thing was, well, let's let's see if we can carry Orvis stuff. So we did. And, and uh, around that time, actually a little before we opened the store, he began coming up to fish every year. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was familiar with the fishing we had. And, and uh, so that, that kind of, uh, I guess I've led now to the, that part of my life. I actually, well, have, go ahead. I, yeah, I've kinda no, yeah, so here. like
0: you, you started fly fishing because <laughs> yeah. your, your dad kind of got some gear and you mm-hmm. thought this is cool, read the book by, uh, what was the author's name again? Uh, um, uh,
2: tri- Ray, Ray Bergman. Ray, Ray Burman, that's, yeah. that's right.
0: Yeah, And then, obviously, Lee played a big role in yeah. uh, in growing the passion, getting some bamboo rods. And then you opened a store. That's that's
2: amazing. Yeah. I, actually, before I opened the store, uh, I did uh, started guiding on the boat when I was in okay. university. So this would have been about 1975, Three. maybe, or something like that. Oh, I was close. Okay. Oh, is that <laughs> a guess? Or did you read that somewhere? Maybe it's right. I don't I know. I think I read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Okay. Awesome. Good. Nice
0: so you to, said you were one of the I first understand. guides on the boat, or like the first guide on the
2: boat. Well... It's. It's. I, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first guy who sort of was doing that as the main thing in, in the mm, summertime. Mm. At least, there are, I'm sure I wasn't the first guy. But I mean, you would define it by, I guess, taking money uh, to take somebody fishing on the boat. Yeah, and I'm sure I wasn't the first person to do that. But
0: right. But back then it was. Kind yeah. Of like a but to be you
2: say, to okay, we're, the, we're, this is now a guiding operation. We, yeah. we did it through a, a store, um, the Fishing Hole, okay. which started in Edmonton, then moved to Calgary. Um, nice. So. Um, yeah, so it was a it was in the summers. It was my my summer job, then. Yeah. and then uh, a few years later we opened opened the store and I was in that for I guess eighteen years. And, wow! And then just to do the fast forward thing, then in two thousand I, I left the the store and um, became a sales rep for Orvis. So I oh wow there for you go. A little under five years in the West as a as a sales rep for Orvis. And nice. Then, in 2004, I guess so when I stopped doing that, uh, Linda and I made the the decision that, to see if we could actually uh, teach fly fishing as you know kind of an occupation um, mm-hmm. along with the you know some of my writing and some of the other stuff I did and yeah. that's really what we've been doing ever since. So.
0: Mm. so when did you get into writing then was it uh,
2: mm. like 2004 ish? No, it was before that. Um, I think I sold my first piece and I think it was 1978. Oh, wow uh, yeah and that was I guess maybe because I had been uh, you know really uh, influenced by this uh, Ray Bergman's writing and, and other people Joe Brooks and a bunch of the early guys who were writing yep. about about fly fishing and in the magazines uh, I, I was interested in that I guess and I remember thinking for a long time before I ever tried to write a piece I remember thinking maybe in sort of a simplistic way that I think I could do that. I think I could write a, something about fishing. And finally I, I did. And uh, and I sold it. And so I thought, oh, wow, that was awesome. pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of kept on doing it. And, and I, I doing it. and I like doing it. I do. I like it. It's, a, you know, at least it can be and should be, I think, a creative kind of a thing. And
1: uh, Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I
1: yeah, that's kept awesome. on doing that. So it was like a conscious decision to kind of get into the, uh, I guess, like the media side of
2: fly fishing. Yeah. yeah, although back then we didn't – I don't even know if we hardly had a word for media. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, it, would have meant, it would have meant TV and radio. <laughs> yeah. That's what right. media was, maybe newspapers or something. But um, no, it was just uh, I th- like uh, most people who, who – when they start writing – It's a pretty big kick to see your story in a magazine, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Totally, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It definitely was,
2: and it still is. Um, So I Mm -hmm. just started doing that, and you could make a little bit of money by doing it. Do you
0: remember a publication you first sold a piece to?
2: Yeah, it was a a magazine published in Regina called Western Sportsman. Nice. Uh, And it was a story about uh, fishing trichos. uh, Oh, oh, sweet. Oh, yeah so
1: the little guys
2: the little guys yeah yeah.
1: so after getting published did you we kind of got the did you get the bug for uh writing more
2: yeah i kind of did um i i don't even remember i didn't i've never done you know a ton of writing in any given year i mean a fair amount but uh i liked it and i i was writing mostly for canadian magazines and and there was a magazine uh, out of Oregon from um, Frank Amato Publications. It was called uh, Fly Fishing the West. I, they started buying some of my stuff. And then I guess the maybe the turning point in the in the writing deal was when um, uh, a book publisher in Edmonton uh, called just a phone call one day and said we we'd like to publish a, a book on. Uh, on on the bow river primarily about the fly fishing in the bow river and would you Mm -hmm. like to do it and i you know i I hadn't thought about writing a book or anything but Mm -hmm. uh i certainly wasn't about to you know to decline or just say no i'm not interested
3: yeah Um, yeah of course so that that was
2: where the the book thing started and so i you know did a bunch of research as best i could and wrote that and that was 19 when when did that come out um uh, yeah, I mean you
1: probably know. You know I have a lot of dates open <laughs> <laughs> I have to look. It was a date guy
2: <laughs> I think it was um, 86 maybe
1: The bow right? Uh, 87 Blue,
2: blue ribbon 87 now, where are you getting that stuff from? I should,
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I should get that. <laughs> yeah. I'll get Mitch to send it to you.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. <reading> to do. <laughs> That'd be great. That's a, That'd be great. Of, a, that's a heck of an undertaking, though, like writing your yeah. first book. Like, yeah. was it a? Uh, did you find it super challenging, that first one, or was it sort of just all the information was in you, just
2: let it flow out? Uh, it? Well, mm-hmm. the the, um, the the fishing information, uh, a, a lot of it, at least as, as far as what we were doing to fish the river at the time, that yeah. was all in my in my head, but... There was, they wanted it to be more about uh, about the fishing, and I kind of took as a really nice um, sort of template for the Bow River book uh, a book by uh, Charles Brooks in Montana. He wrote a book called The Living River, which is about the the Madison River in Montana, and, right. and mm-hmm. that that came out before. And I and I had also uh, fished, guided Charlie on the on the bow, and so mm-hmm. I was able to lean on him. I, I wrote lots of letters. That's what you did then. You wrote letters back and forth. About mm-hmm. how to go about this, and he gave me lots of good advice, and uh, I kind of used cool. his book as a model. So there, there's history stuff in in the Bow River book, and um, you know the influences on the river, and the, you know it's not just about the fishing. It's, I mean, it's mostly about the fishing, but there's lots of other stuff about yeah. sort of right. the, the history. It's a very interesting history of people on the Bow. You know, with the the indigenous people and then the, yeah. then the coming of the railroad and all that kind of stuff and the establishment of Banff national park and all these things right, that right, all right. kind of the bow was right in the middle of all this stuff. So mm-hmm, that, yeah. that, that stuff's all in there too. So.
0: And since there, the bows changed quite a bit as well. Like, since Oh yeah. The, the oh yeah. That book.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, and it, it continues to change and it, and it, yeah. it will keep changing. And
1: mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, they all do. So was that the brief, is that the brief you got Jim, uh, just write the history of the bow or did you have to like think of a concept in order to like make this
2: um i'm trying to remember i i i don't remember how much direction they gave me um and they must have given me some and i probably i I don't know if they would have asked me for an outline they probably would have because i I, I didn't know what i was what i was doing and they published books so (laughs) i'm sure
3: (laughs) Still sure I still don't know. Some down directions, but <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and I would have undoubtedly just looked at the Charlie Brooks book on the Madison and said, "Well, this is what he's got. He's got a natural history, like how did where, how did the river come to be, and uh, mm-hmm. and the human history of when it was settled and what happened to it, and the current influences in it, and what's it, what are its, um, I don't know, threats or whatever, As, along, yeah. and then of course the seasons of the fishing. What's the fishing like?" In yeah, this, this yeah. part of the river at this time of year, and what are the bug hatches, and what are the fly patterns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a that's really cool. good, you know, template to work from. So
1: that's great. So were, were yeah, you I mean... were, were you guiding uh, while you were working on this book, or what, what were you doing? In...
2: Um, I pretty much stopped because um, we had the store going when I was working on the book. Oh, okay. And uh, it's really hard to guide and run the retail store. A lot of uh, some people do it. But it's it's tough. Uh, they both yeah. take a lot of. If you're going to guide properly, you need to be out there a lot, not just mm-hmm. you know once a week or something like that. And if you're out there a lot, you're not going to be in the store. And so you know, I, I yeah. did the first couple of years we had the store open. I, I did guide, and anyway, my partners and I all realized this this is not you know we're probably not doing a very good job at either. So so I, I stopped guiding then um, for mm-hmm. the most part. That makes sense,
0: yeah. So then you went on to write four other books, which you know, I'm sure each of those books is a podcast in and of itself. And then one of those <laughs> books, of course, is your most recent, which is Trout Tracks. So, um, why don't we talk about Trout Tracks a sure, little bit and sure. just kind of maybe kick things off with giving a bit of a backstory rundown on the
2: book for people listening? Okay, well, it, it's um, I it's the second uh, collection that, that was published in. The first one was about done about eleven or twelve years ago. It's called Watermarks. And yeah. you know, I'm probably giving away big top secret stuff here, but when you when you write for magazines quite a bit, and you like to have books <laughs> published, and you don't have a great new idea, you think I wonder if I got enough old stuff for magazines that we can put together <laughs> in a collection. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, 11 or 12 years ago, the answer was yes. So we, yeah. we did this Watermarks, which was, the you know, a collection of pieces from various magazines. And then um, before Trout Tracks came along, it was really the same process. I, I realized one day, man, that Watermarks, it's been, I don't know, 11 or 12 years since that came out. So I went through, you know, my records on my computer of, and I had all kinds of stuff. I had like... 50 or 60 pieces to to pull from. Wow. And I thought, well, that'll be enough for a collection. So, hmm. yeah, we did that and uh, brought it out again. So, it's <laughs> that's, that's what awesome. you do when you don't have a new idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't yeah, tell anybody. Yeah. Compilations of just, yeah, like all your kind of magazine articles, things like that, essays from over the years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so was there a theme kind of tying everything together with trout tracks? Is it trout? Um, specific area? <laughs> trout, I imagine yeah, It's trout. all trout, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to talk about bonefish in this book? No, probably not. <laughs> it
2: reminds me, I'm sorry, I'm digressing here, but when I was I working know. in the store, uh, uh, my second book was Trout Streams of Alberta, and uh, I remember somebody came in one, do- one day and, and picked up the book and looked at it and, and said to me, what's this book about? And I, and <laughs> That's I, awesome. I didn't know how to answer. It's... Yeah. I guess it wasn't a very good title, Trout Streams yeah. of Alberta. Yeah, <laughs> it's like pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, right? okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah. Well, what, was the, what was the question? Uh, where yeah, were so, we? Um, yeah,
0: so yeah, I guess just like what, um, what kind of articles could people find oh, in this book? Like right, yeah, sort of, yeah, there's no uh, yeah,
2: the... one theme except that it's, um, you know, it's an acknowledgment, I guess, of the, sort of the, the hold fly fishing can, can have on people. And um, so it's it's divided roughly into it's divided into categories roughly by topic. There's a, a section on uh, uh, there is a section of how to stuff in there. Uh, that's the least interesting stuff to write, I think, is the how to yeah. stuff. But but there is some of it, a bit of it in there. And there's uh, some stuff about uh, insects and fly patterns. And there's um, uh, a little bit about some people. There's a couple of profiles in there, including a profile of Lee Perkins. Or more of a, of a remembrance of Lee Perkins. Yeah. And so, so. what else is in there? Uh, there's some uh, s- some attempts at humor. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some just what you would call I like, I don't know what the soft sort of stuff, the philosophy of fly fishing, or what uh, what fly fishing how it uh, maybe um, shapes what makes you think feel. about about Yeah. And how it yeah, I mean, yeah exactly yeah. how it makes you feel. Yeah, There's like a lot of,
1: of like meditations on fly fishing.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't call it meditation, but th- yeah, that sort of stuff. Like, why are we doing <laughs> this, and, and uh, why why has it become important? Yeah, kind
1: of. yeah. What
0: kind of stuff do you like writing the most? Like, is it that, or is it because there's like a lot of people out there that are obviously education is such a huge part of certain like um, writers, and and even like if you think TV shows like New Fly Fishers, very educational, mm-hmm. Tom Rosenbauer very yeah, educational, yeah. and then you've got other people that are like the opposite. They try not to touch it. Yeah. At all you know we, we try to like kind of not do much education I think we kind of like talking about the the vibes and the philosophy more <laughs> you know the fun about about it what do, what do you like about you well, know, what do you like writing about I,
2: I'm I'm much the way I put it to people is I'm much more interested in the why than in the how mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. on the other hand uh, there's a <laughs> there's I, I do need to do some of this to help help go towards making a living and there's a much yep. bigger market for the how yeah, especially, is, yeah. especially even in the last couple of years with COVID and stuff, you know, people are yeah. coming into the sport. There are people who are thirsty for, for yeah. information on how to do this. And, you know, just yeah. by the number of, if you talk to a book publisher, uh, most of them have, who have a lot of experience will say, uh, you know, those, those uh, philosophical books don't sell much. Now, give me a book about, mm. with, you know, a hundred new fly patterns and that one will sell, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Totally, so, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: I mean, I get it. Like when sure. I was buying books, learning how to fly fish, I had a lot of fun just reading about how people fished, where they fished, what the, how they did it. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. fun, yeah. but, uh, exactly. there's so much of it out yeah. there, you know, it's like, it's hard to kind of keep just talking about how well, to do yeah. it when it's like, it's covered. It,
2: it is, you know, and and I do, uh, some of my friends like to give me a hard time. Cause if I write a how to thing, mm. they'll say stuff like, Oh, another article about strike indicators, huh? I haven't read one of those for about three or four days. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I try not to write articles about strike indicators, but I know what they're saying. They're saying this has all been done before, yeah. and my answer yeah. is, um, and, I, and when I when I, I do a little bit of teaching of writing, and one of the things that we I talk about is originality, and um, yeah. you have to have originality somewhere. But there are, uh, I think there are three places it can come from. One is. If you have something original to say, if this is a new thing, like a new, I don't know <laughs> a new strike indicator, a new mm-hmm. heaven forbid another new nymphing method, um, if it is original, <laughs> then great, you're, you're covered. <clears throat> uh, yeah. The other is it can it, the originality can be mm-hmm. in the way you say it. If you present it in a way that's either more understandable or different or I don't know, there's something yeah something different, new and different about the way you explain something, that's originality. And the other thing, and this is especially for my friends who tease me, um, Mm -hmm. is there can be, the originality can sometimes be in the audience and uh, Mm -hmm. in the reader. Because if, you know, the the people who have been fly fishing two years, they don't know that there's been 72 articles on strike indicators and (laughs) nymphs over the last 15 (laughs) years. Yeah, exactly. So they haven't seen it. So the the originality can be in the people who are reading. At least that's what I, that's my rationalization for doing so oh, makes stuff. sense
0: you know like yeah like i i if, if like any of us or you know who read magazine fishing magazines for years and years we've seen the same articles over and over again told by different people and you know i get it when you're new to it yeah, like, yeah. The first time you've seen yeah. it you know yeah. i mean you, t-
1: you touch on a really interesting topic here it's like um you're saying during covet like a lot of people are getting into it and getting into it through like youtube videos or articles mm-hmm. so, I, mean, I mean i'd love to hear your opinion kind of about um the kind of relationship you can have with fly fishing Getting into it through like being mentored into it versus mm. just googling things, and like how that affects the say like romance people see in the fly fishing, or versus just having this like very pragmatic approach of just catching
2: fish. Yeah, I, I think it probably um, it, it, there's a difference. I think, um, and you know, this, this again, this coming from an old guy, but certainly um, in the beginning, people. So it just wants to catch fish, you know. And uh, they don't care that the you know the the roses were blooming along the stream and you could smell the wolf willow and my gosh, look at the migrating geese and this they don't care about that. They just want to catch a fish, you know. And so um, that's what they're hungry for. and they can get piles of that online and uh, on youtube and and, uh, and and that's making it much easier to learn the sport than it used to be. And that's mm-hmm. great because you know we need people. Ultimately, I think the the reason we we want to have people fly fishing is because they be, they uh, they gather themselves into the strongest voice uh, mm-hmm. for the you know the, the places the ecosystems where this stuff occurs, and mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason for doing it and for liking you know people coming into the sport. Um, but as far as uh, you know, being mentored in. There's sure a lot to be said for that, I think, because you get um, the information and also you get that peripheral stuff um, that becomes important, maybe not right away, but later on. Um, you yeah. You know, one of my, my, um, when I was in the fly shop, um, a man named Don Cahoon was one of my partners and he was quite a lot older than me. He's now passed on. And he, he was... His, he would be going go out fishing and he'd drive around and look at various places on the Creek and he'd stop and check the wildflowers. And he want to make sure he stopped at his favorite cafe for, for the best donuts in the country on the way out there. And, you know, stuff like that, you know, you start to, I think that if you have someone that you're kind of leaning on or somebody who's leading you through this, um, you get the stuff that you don't get in the pure uh, instructional stuff. Well, I, either written or, right. uh, you know, a video form. So, yeah, yeah I think um, some combination of both is, is probably really good. And I bet a lot of most right. people do that. I don't think many people decide to take up fly fishing, you know, watch a bunch of videos, learn how to do it, mm-hmm. and then and then always do it by themselves. Never, ever fish with somebody else. Yeah, I think right. it definitely
1: seems, It seems like one of these activities where it's like, you benefit so much from having someone that's more experienced than you kind of show you Oh yeah, strategies and stuff. I mean, it's kind of, uh, this is an interesting segue to another question I wanted to ask you about, like what, what do you feel like the role of um, media and publishing and guiding is in, in fly fishing? Like, do you feel an obligation to kind of uh, educate and show people kind of what it can be and all the beautiful things in it?
2: Yeah, I, I, th- I think so but for uh, speaking only for myself, yeah, I guess I would tr- say that I'm trying to um, de-emphasize the well uh, deemphasize the how and emphasize the why uh, and and the, the stuff other than just the fish yeah. um, you know, I, I think because it's <coughs> a- after you've been at it a while and you guys' know this it's it's not just the fish is it it's no it's who you're doing it with and it's where you're where you're going and and for me a lot of it is it's the memories that that are made you know and i I sometimes Mm -hmm. think that's why i do this because i love you know like a night like tonight january in alberta where i'm not i'm not fishing but i can think about it (laughs) i can have you know remember all the good stuff that happened last year or 20 years ago There's great value in that, and and you you guys will appreciate this in another few decades, maybe, but you probably already are.
0: Yeah, I'm already there, man. Like, I'll tell you, (laughs) nothing gets me excited like a 24 inch brown trout on a dry fly, but like that's awesome. But like, I have just as much fun like thinking about that moment, get ready for that moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like preparing for it, watching YouTube videos, other people like fishing, like I don't know, just like the whole thing is just like. It's weird, it's like the whole thing's
2: fun, not just the catch of the fish. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, That's it exactly yeah. right there. Yep. the whole yeah. thing's fun.
0: But I think also like having a mentor, like I totally get like the importance. I think you're talking about a lot about like history of, you know, the water or the rivers that we fish and like how they have changed over the years. Like the waters you fished and, and grew up fishing, like, have you seen seen um detrimental changes to those rivers and people's realization of those the fact of that?
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's um Rivers are always under some sort of threat. I mean, I don't want to be just an mm-hmm. alarmist, but there's always something, yeah. you know, on the horizon that could be bad. It seems like <clears throat> very few, I guess wild places in general, but very few of them are just sort of always safe from, you know, development yeah. or pollution or logging. And, you know, we've got a lot of concerns in Alberta about um, a provincial government that uh, seems to be, uh, really intent on trying to increase uh, open pit coal mining in the Rocky Mountains, which oh, is the right. headwaters yeah. of, of virtually all our trout yeah. streams. And um, so, yeah, there's always there's always yeah. stuff, and there, and there are changes. Yeah, there's been detrimental changes. Um, we, we lost portions of Three Rivers back in the '90s to the the Old Man River Dam. That uh, dam, the Old Man below the uh, where the Castle and Crow's Rivers came uh, joined it. So we lost a bunch of you know, flat-out lots, trout stream, in, and yeah. in, in, it was replaced by sorry, just knocked something over. No, that's all good. An irrigation reservoir, so that's that's not good. And yeah. you know, there's lots of things happening with logging in the headwaters, um, yeah. and uh, I, whether we're whether we're winning or whether we're even keeping up, uh, yeah. I don't know that we are really. But we've got to keep doing the best we can to to. To limit some of those things, and not just for for our own sake, not just because we like to catch the fish, um, Mm. but because uh, you know, water and uh, free flowing water is becoming rarer, um, and you know, with uh, climate change and all that sort of stuff, it's 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 becoming rarer in a natural sort of a way too, and um, it just has great value. on its own aside from what it does now recreation is a big part of why it can be valued and it's one of the ways you can put a financial value on a Mm. on something in the outdoors and that's sort of a a kind of a a disgusting sort of way to have to think about um, things like trout streams monetary (laughs) value but that's the that's what carries the most weight you know And we, yeah, it settles every kind it, of argument. Oh, it, unfortunately, <laughs> well, it does. It's money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, aesthetics don't <laughs> win many arguments, uh, not in the long <laughs> run. So, Even though we
0: all know, you know, we all know what's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people convince themselves of the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's come it. on. So,
2: so we've got to keep on, um, yeah. you know, in turn, in, like for, if Trout's streams are an example, we've got to continue to to uh, make the powers that be aware of their, their economic value. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know that's not not our main concern. Our main concern is that we just want I don't want to be there so my grandkids can learn to fly fish and
0: yeah,
2: and, yeah. You know, Alberta's nice river, streams. like
0: uh, it was a nice river back in yeah, the day. Yeah, and I'd
2: and it like it like to still be, nice, be. You know, I'd like to be it's a nice like, river yeah, after you know, I'm, I'm gone.
0: Have, I like asking like people that have fished places for a long time, like yourself, like you know how they how they have seen the water change, mm-hmm. and I think it's important that we like talk about that stuff because I, I think every. Like you say, every river, creek, lake, whatever—it's changing all the time, like yeah. over the decades. Mm-hmm. But um, do you see also, like, with the growing community, like positive changes too? Like, you know, more people caring for the river, things like uh, that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, that's cool. That's that's, what, good. Yeah, that's the the I was going to say the unintentional byproduct, but maybe the intentional byproduct of right. of, of the of YouTube the, videos. <laughs> yeah, of the YouTube <laughs> the videos and the, and and the yeah. popularity, because a certain number of those people are going to going to learn a lot about it, and you know, they'll they'll find out what's it's, what do I hear about this, for instance, the, this coal mine yeah. stuff? And so somebody exactly. who knows says, well, uh, yeah. coal mines are terrible for water in general uh, for, mm. uh, and all kinds of things, those kind mm. of coal mines. And um, I mean, you can direct them to read up on it and you know, make, come up with their own opinion, but you find things like that that have to, uh, have to you know, we got to stick up for these places. They don't yeah. talk for themselves, you know. So,
1: yeah, I guess that's I where it's it a really
2: important role.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's where, like, uh, social media comes in as something that's useful, despite how we might have (laughs) feelings about it in fly fishing. It's like it definitely has a use there where people have a platform to speak about these things. Oh, and And you
2: can spread spread the word so fast to so many people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like,
1: it's got to be pretty fascinating having gotten into fly fishing um, and been involved (laughs) for so long, seeing, like, the change in advocacy for these uh, places from when, like, before – social media existed now it's like you have these people that like might not be super experienced in fly fishing or you know whatever but are interested in conservation and speaking up for these sorts of issues
2: oh yeah exactly that's uh that's one of the best things about the increasing popularity of it and, uh, and i'm really like it there's two two things i'm really liking as far as in the, the the absolute current status i guess of fly fishing one um one is in the the number of young people who who have t- taken it up 20 years ago we were we were concerned there weren't any young people taking up fly fishing it was not you know cool now it's become cool right. i guess yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, not not, and, not guess yeah. it is it is <laughs> okay. cool. It's definitely yeah. cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so there's young people taking it up so so we have people to accept the torch as far as the conservation yeah. side yeah. of things you know young knowledgeable people who who are up on the technology and who are educated about the issues and can you know can do a way better job of protecting these places than we have. Yeah. Um, and the other the other thing that I really like seeing is uh, the increase in women uh, in fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it, it's funny because they when I was working for Orvis and even before that, they they, were, they kept saying, well, you know, the market that hasn't been, you know, this—it's gonna—it's gonna, it's gonna boom—is yeah. women, and and for a long time they thought that, but it didn't really happen. But it's happening now. Mm. And that's yeah, that's yeah. a great thing.
0: It's like a cultural thing, right? I like guess, like,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great that it's happening now because it was like such a man-dominated oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know. for,
2: I mean, for it's absolutely zero reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Totally.
1: <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about an interesting thing. Like people get finding over your fly fishing. It's like in your in your book, you talk about being like 19 years old, not playing team sports, and like being drawn to this this river idea and i think there's there's so many people out there that like don't find a home in team sports they have no interest in that sort of thing and like don't fit That's in these right. boxes and more interested in wandering into the woods yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and so it's like i can't like now, swing a bat yeah no i scored
0: on my own net when yeah. i was four in soccer and i was like well was like, <laughs> that was like, that <laughs> yeah
1: i guess it's like discovered now. cheeseburgers and fly <laughs> fishing and yeah, yeah like beer and yeah, cheeseburgers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean,
1: it, it is really great for that, but that that's sort true. of thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah.
2: another whole thing that. Uh, oh, and totally. it's funny it's how like, people. I say it's funny how people get, who just decide once they get a taste of it, they just they just can't stop. You know. I mean, yeah.
1: It's
0: why you're wild looking wild at one that, of like them right now. Well, I, I see, mean, all okay. three, but three of them, just, maybe four of them. Yeah, three of them.
2: Yeah,
1: but then you. I think it's like a lot of people find the community that they were didn't know they were looking for in these sports. You know you mean, I mean, they like, didn't know yeah. they
2: were looking for it. yeah that's a good yeah Can i use that i like that for
1: absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: that's
1: true it is because you're kind of one of those people oh yeah like every, every activity I've, I've ever done there. like rock climbing cycling yeah. like it's all been solitary activities and so yeah. mm-hmm. you know being tall yeah. every year they're like do you want to play volleyball do you want to play basketball there's a spot on the team for you and i was like "Nah, i'm gonna go ride, by, <laughs> ride my bike by myself <laughs> yeah. and then like rock climbing i'm like yeah i'm gonna go do this by myself and then fly fishing yeah. like yeah, i'm gonna go wander around in the rivers by myself it's funny i'm the opposite of these two though Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you like the community I like the community. Like I like the fish with them versus on my Yeah. Own. yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong, like, yeah. the community's nice and it's like um mm-hmm. uh, exposing like my daughter Ophelia to it has been amazing. And it's like there's a mm-hmm. community there that she's so excited to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um where like I don't know if you'd find the same thing in team sports. I, I don't speak from experience cuz I've never really been involved but like You know, it seems like the community that you find in an activity like fly fishing is a lot more organic, and it's people who are there because they care about the activity, not because they were, you know, pushed into it by whomever. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I I was never pushed into anything by my parents, really. But and I did play. uh, Well, I guess I played a little league baseball and I played hockey for quite a a while, and I really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found the, uh, I guess the, the best of it was the camaraderie you know when i think about yeah. playing hockey it's i remember more sort of dressing room stuff than yeah than, I, than yeah, on the ice just because so it's, fun. it's funny hanging out. people are funny and hanging out and yeah, you know, that sort of thing yeah um but I,
0: i'll say playing hockey is pretty fun though you it know, is like very fun pick up on a pond <laughs> it's so very like, fun. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah oh
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i'm not good but it's
2: fun. i mean when you it's it's take the, good, the, take the objective
1: <laughs> out of it right you just enjoy the take the what out of it sorry the objective of like scoring and you know you're just there having fun
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: exactly and so it's probably why
2: we
0: and flip fishing end up just kind of it doesn't like you said doesn't really matter about the fish at mm-hmm. some point you're sort of just like it's just a thing that's fun for some Yeah, reason. maybe
2: <laughs> maybe you get a story or maybe you get some laughs yeah
1: totally yeah Those I, was are to, I was pushed into every single sport oh, really every single one and i did <laughs> every single one but the only <laughs> you, you know the only activity that i enjoyed on my own was fishing that i would just Isn't do naturally right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it was okay. soccer, yeah. hockey, football, basketball, which wow. I'm not good at, volleyball. Geez, at you go. I know. And I did all these at a mediocre level. Badminton? <laughs> and badminton. <laughs> badminton. There I did go. them badminton. all at a That's very a mediocre level. And the only one I did, like, you know, naturally was, yeah, fishing. So there is something there. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I digress. Gonna, this is Jim, not my speaking,
0: podcast. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> trout tracks, to get back to stories, because you're talking about stories, you know, fishing can be a conduit to find stories. What's Is there one article in Trout Tracks that stands out as, like, maybe a favorite?
2: Um, I hadn't I hadn't really thought of that.
0: That was um, my next question. Or maybe just in your career in general. Like, is there an oh. article you look back on, you're just like, oh. read once in a while, yeah. or you're just like, ah, that was... What are, you, what are you super proud of? Such a great memory.
2: Um, yeah. I don't know that there is. I, if I had thought about this a little longer i might have come up with something but i maybe it's the first one
1: that pops in your head
2: yeah well and it is that um that one that's the profile of of lee perkins not the profile but the remembrance of lee perkins Mm. yeah he uh he was he wasn't like an intentional mentor he didn't say oh come on over here i'm gonna show you how to do this right but uh, i just observed him and and I, i learned a pile of stuff i learned stuff about the actual hunting and fishing from him just by doing it with him but also he he was so uh engaged in everything that was going on and he you know he he would he was is interested in the you know when he's fishing he was as interested in the birds around the creek or or stuff that was going on uh as the fishing and and he was so good at um he enjoyed it he he and another uh, friend of mine uh is also deceased named bob scammell both uh, um, really taught me how to enjoy the whole thing rather than like the mm-hmm. whole experience of the fishing or the hunting. Uh, and that you should uh, you should enjoy it whether the hunting or the fishing is really very good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, like, yeah, like Lee, Lee, at the end of every day, uh, I mean, uh, I didn't write it down or anything, but uh, it's what I remember of him, you know, when we get back, from a day of fishing or a day of hunting, get back yeah. to the house or wherever we're going. but somewhere in there. He'd say, "What a great day!" Just kind of like that. And uh, yeah. you know, and 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 I thought, man, that's the way you got to do it. And he all, he also mm-hmm. said, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, he said, "Yeah, if you're only going to have fun when the hunting or the fishing is great, you're not going to have fun that much of the time." <laughs> yeah. So let's that's have fun sure. all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty seems pretty simple. But he and he and Bob Scammel both were really good at that. They could laugh when things weren't happening and. You know, yeah. and go enjoy a, a drink around the campfire when it was all over, yeah. whether the fishing or the hunting had been any good or not. And so yeah. that piece that I that That's I wrote cool. about him, I, I really, it was really important to me to to try and get it right. I I was reluctant to do it. I I, made, I checked with um, uh, Lee's son to see if it was okay if I did it, and he was okay with me doing it. And and I just yeah. tried to just to show the influence yeah. he he had on me. Quite directly, and the influence I know he had on piles of other people, uh, yeah, uh, you know, directly and indirectly. So
0: uh, it's a long time to be CEO of you know a company like Orvis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said he bought it in yeah.
2: the sixties. I uh, bought it in sixty yeah. five, uh, and actually, even I think maybe more remarkable is uh, the company was started in eighteen fifty six by Charles F. Right. Orvis, and between eighteen fifty six and Lee's death there were a grand total in, in 2021 uh, there were three owners <laughs> that's wild yeah. that's crazy Fa- family that's business like lifetime still is now, now it's his grandson yeah. is yeah. the whatever the CEO like Simon is the CEO I guess that's what you call him yeah. so,
0: well yeah. and Tom, Tom Rosenbauer's been with them oh, for a long time too for, right? like he told forever. us a
2: little bit about it he, and yeah, he probably, yeah he did a seems to be great company you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's probably been I bet he's been 40 years has he I think so
0: yeah but like you said Lee bought it he was doing something else before that and he just kind of had a hankering to own a yep. fly fishing company Well he what? was
2: looking he was looking to own his own business and uh, he okay. looked at a few things and then uh, somebody uh, a friend said why don't you look at this Orvis thing and oh, okay I mean Orvis was their their uh, yearly sales when he bought it I think it was $750,000
0: Oh my gosh! Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. He turned that around. Somewhat higher than that now.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. A yeah. Little bit. <laughs> oh man, Orvis was Orvis is huge. They're massive, yeah. and like even I know when I got into fly fishing, like I mean they had like, uh, well they still do, I think, right? Like they've got Orvis stores specifically yes. Orvis stores, yeah. and yeah. one of the ones in Ottawa was an Orvis okay. store, and it was just all the Orvis stuff, and it was just go there. Yeah. And actually, Aldo, the other host on the show, that's in the Bahamas, he worked there, and. Mm. Just get jacked on Orvis rods <laughs> and the, you know, the, the field jackets. Well, that's and, the uh, idea. That's what you know. that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, so. this is the best. Yeah. But so they're, cool.
2: they're really good because they they have such a uh, you know. And I I learned the, the conservation stuff kind of from him too. That if you're gonna one of the things he said many times if you're gonna make a if you're gonna make a living from the outdoors and some of these resources are out there, you better be prepared to give back. Yeah, and uh, you yeah. know their their conservation work is uh, what is it five percent of profits go to conservation i think it's five percent yeah and, um, they, they don't get enough credit yeah. for that i don't think
1: yeah no so, no i, think,
0: no, they I think they're like they're almost uh, like patagonia yeah is, i was you just saying like, they, like, and, they uh, and
2: patagonia uh, lead the way yeah. that, as a as companies that way i'm sure yeah like
0: it's 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 great that they do that yeah. and and of course orvis also has like um, you know, more about equality on the water yeah. and getting more women out yep. of color and all that stuff. Like they yeah. do such a great job of just, uh, fostering in a better kind of fly fishing culture. And I think that's super yep. cool. Yeah. Yep.
1: I think there's like, there's like a, there's definitely a, a, an obligation or responsibility as like one of these bigger companies. If you're going to get people into these activities, you need to kind of show a health, a way to build like a healthy relationship with that activity?
2: That's what, well, that's put yeah. well, yes. No oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. That's another it's more one. More and more, it's two, and two for you. you know, more. <laughs> it's two. Yeah.
0: more and more, it's becoming uh, important. You know, but I think we're seeing it more and more. Totally. Sometimes. Yeah. Totally.
1: Sure. I mean, I'd be curious yeah. to know if, like, in your in your career, like fly fishing and guiding, have you seen more people, like, more of a push to enjoying the experience versus catching fish and just filling a box? You know, more people going uh, out just to have a good time with their friends.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, and I think more of that is coming because. Um, as these places get more you know more attention from fly fishers um they have more impact i guess on the fish even if it's a catch and release fishery Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not entirely sure but maybe maybe we have more effect or impact than we think we we used to think we did um so and i'm seeing people talking about um you know on online i can't remember who one of the one of the sort of online fly fishing publication was talking about being happy with fewer fish. Um, and, yeah. you know, uh, if the fishing is good and you've had a good day, yeah. you can stop. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, yeah, exactly. yeah if you've yeah. got fish, a, crack of beer. if you've got 16 yeah, exactly.
2: fish, would fish number 17 make the day better? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. Like yeah, So it's, I think it's getting less about numbers. You know, we, uh, for most of the history of catch and release fishing, we've, we've thought that, well, wow, Great! That's like having no limit. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I you mean, it is no limit. You know, how you many know. can you how yeah. many can you catch if you're really small? We well, can catch as many as you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we, but that's just been the way it is. And and maybe, uh, I don't know how they would ever, um, you know, make, enforce, enforce that. that. Yeah. But uh, I, I think people are going to move more towards that. Now, I, yeah. I suppose in one um, impediment to that would be that I, I think the progression people make in the sport is still. Um, it kind of goes through the same stages that is when somebody takes us up, they want to catch a fish, any fish. Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, what kind of fish, how yeah. big, and then they want to catch lots of fish. Yeah, I don't care how big, you know, and then after that they want to catch a big fish and that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's still that stage of wanting to catch a lot of fish. Yeah. But I think there will always be places uh, for that. You know, there's places that have, you know, out here we've got, um, some of lakes and even some beaver ponds and things that have, too many brook trout and so you know catching yeah, yeah. a bunch of them and taking some taking them home to as many as yeah. you are allowed is, is okay and will satisfy that you know that need to catch a lot of fish and you yeah. know when somebody's you know at that stage maybe a lot of fish means four right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if, you, if you've only ever caught one before if you catch four that's a lot so
3: <laughs> yeah you
0: know. well, i've even heard about people fishing without hooks for certain species yeah. like steelhead yeah. you know to just be like super and it's like it's about the grab mm-hmm. it's about the eat and the trick it's yep. not really about touching the fish yeah. just pissing it out like so I think there's, any, there's is cool any, stuff you, like that happening. Have any of
2: you done that?
1: No.
0: Um. No, no but not, not I'm intentionally. not. Not intentionally yeah, yeah I was just yeah. about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. like to be honest like the fun part to me about say bass fishing on poppers is the eat yeah. and yeah. it's like I don't really need to like reel this fish yeah. in handle yeah, it, it you know have to do catch and release like if I just get the eat that that's fun. Like I could see myself doing that for rock bass, even like yeah. smallies, largeies, like just got the hook on my popper. Just.
2: Yeah. For the eat. If you, if you came and I, and I'm, I haven't, I haven't done it. And I, what would always be in my mind? And I, I don't know why it would bother me, but, um, mm-hmm. what if I hooked the biggest fish in my life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And, and, and he jumped and yeah, I saw no it point. and there was no, you know, no point, no hook. Oh,
1: yeah. so yeah. if yeah. you like if
2: you came out to the bow and, and hooked a, i mean a great big brown trout of a lifetime would you. you want to land them
0: oh uh, i know there's a lot of people <laughs> just <Yeah>. their <laughs> saying, well that,
2: no i i understand that, and I, i'd about? say in eight 80 percent of the time I'd, be, I'd like to maybe get one run and one jump or something and i bet you if you had a you know a bend and, a, yeah. and a, you know not but not a point but a bend with a with yeah. a blunt end yeah. on it it would stay yeah. in there for a you know, as long as you kept some tension on it, you might get a jump yeah, or two yeah. out of
0: there. That would be. Uh, it depends on the fish, too. Like, I yeah. get the steelhead out west. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like, we still want to go and be able to appreciate steelhead, but it's like, they are having a really hard time. Oh, so, yeah. what can we do? Like, I get yeah. that. That's totally
3: yeah.
2: fair, you yeah. know. Like,
0: but if the brown trout population here is fine, like, yeah, I definitely yeah. want to
1: go catch a giant
2: brown
0: trout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm not cutting the It's hook, a little, like,
2: it's hard to be as pure as we want to be sometimes. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, motors. it's funny.
1: You, yeah. You, we see, you know, you talk about all these things and stuff, and then you go in the river and you're like, you know, I, I want to catch a fish.
2: There, there yeah. he is. He's rising yeah. right there, and he's. he's uh, yeah, exactly. We've re- refused four different patterns. I really want to mm. catch this one. Yeah, he can't oh, resist this
1: yeah. cast. I mean, this yeah. is an interesting yeah. segue to like, where, where do you see like the future of fly fishing going with such perspective on it? Oh, or I what don't. Do you, what do you.
2: I don't know. That's a really good question because it's. um you know and, and in a big picture uh, I don't want to come out this this sounding wrong but it I don't think there of, is a wrong answer <laughs> well maybe not but it is kind of hard to explain or justify to somebody who doesn't do it why we do it yeah totally uh, you, absolutely. you know what I'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> it's almost impossible yeah yeah and uh, you know the the whole the the point of view about Oh, well, you just want to have more fish around so you can torture them before you let them go. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's way more complicated than that, but there mm. is a bit of some uncomfortable truth in there.
1: Yeah, 100 <laughs>
2: percent. And here's yeah. how I I justify it, or rationalize it. I say, yeah, um, if I'm fishing and I'm catching the fish, and yeah, and I'm going to poke him with a hook, and I'm going to he's going to run around and jump, and I'm going to catch him and turn him loose. Um, I suppose that's not morally the best thing I could do for that fish but um, because of uh, because I like to do it so much I I am interested in that the population of fish in that place and I I think um, that I can be of some uh, benefit to the overall population of fish in that place by participating in conservation efforts and stuff Uh, that, that sort of exceeds the harm I do to that to those small number of fish that I actually catch yeah mm-hmm. and you know so I, so I have said um, and I don't remember where but uh, in some ways I think the fish need us more than we need them um, mm-hmm. because of all the things you know they said they can't speak for themselves and they, so yes yes we yeah. yes we bother them and uh, they'd be an individual fish would be happier if you didn't have to get caught. Uh, yeah. But on the, yeah. On the big picture, if, if we aren't out there, who's who's gonna who's gonna do this Yeah, totally. Stuff? Yeah. I
1: mean, before I started fly fishing, I had no idea of like the ecosystem that existed there. Right. I had no real appreciation for it. you're like rivers are good, water is should be clean, but you don't yes. really know the and it's of, connected the, the, the to
0: agencies. everything else.
2: Oh, absolutely. Everything is, yeah, everything is connected. Yeah. yeah
0: so. Well, and you form like a real like relationship with something as strange as a fish. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like I love brown trout and brook mm-hmm. trout, like the individual fish in the river. Yeah. Like it's a weird connection I've formed with them because of fishing, and it's like, I don't know, it's much more, you know, like uh, proprietary, like say philosophical, so spiritual, yeah. like all that stuff. To me, the fish is like, ah, but, you know, I'm like, this is a moment, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and to your point, you, you form all of that that kind of love and passion for the place, and you protect it. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's but it is something I think, and it's cool that you're thinking about it. Like more people are thinking about. It because yeah, people. You tell people you fish, and they're like, "Oh, you keep them eating." Yeah, you cook, yeah. You're like, "No, I put them back." And they're like, "Why?" Yeah, "Why?" Yeah, yeah, like, "That's even weirder." Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. evil. You're like, "It's not." Trust me, I don't know how to explain this to you, but
2: <laughs> I, I've thought about that a yeah. lot because yeah, if somebody yeah. just says fish, you know, almost better to say, "Yeah, I, you know, I don't catch very many, but I like eating them." Even that's not true. That's not what you do, but because it, because yeah. no, we just we just catch and release. Oh. Yeah. Really? So that's worse. So yeah. Oh, stuff. yeah. So is that kind of like chasing coyotes in your snowmobile, just just for <laughs> yeah, the fun, exactly. just for the fun exactly. of seeing yeah. them be frightened and scared to death. Yeah.
1: Oh. Shit. Uh, no. So yeah. what
2: I do is I here's <laughs> exactly. here's the answer I've, I've come up with, and it's not all that great, probably, but I tell people that the, it's the best of uh, of several bad uh, bad alternatives. Mm. The other things are if if um, if people. Kill all the fish they catch, take them home and eat them. You're going to run out of fish in a lot of places. Yep. Okay, that's not good. Yeah. The other thing is, the other solution to that would be, okay, you can't fish. And we don't like that because we like to yep. fish. And also if there's nobody fishing, there's nobody protecting. So it's not, I, I never try and tell people that catch and releases, That's ah, it's wonderful. No, it's not wonderful. No, It's a sure, compromise. Yeah. And we think yeah. it's the best yeah, compromise yeah. That's, that's around so far. yeah Uh, Yeah. as opposed to not fishing or killing all of everything we catch so
0: totally and it's not about i don't think any angler takes pride in stressing out the no no i don't don't know anyone that wants to do that that'd be crazy that'd be like a really weird thing to do so yeah Yeah. (laughs) um okay we got five more questions we ask every guest uh, at the end of each show but before we get into those i just want to ask you're a musician too you got any shows coming up
2: Soon? um really? no I, I had a th- play one the
0: other day right uh,
2: yeah i played one on sunday just just a, just a little one. Nice. I, I, I don't do anything that's that's big or <laughs> yeah but um i do some uh, i actually no I, i'm taking a break now because i'm actually going in for a knee replacement on tuesday no so wow. no way be, wow. i'm gonna be laid up at home for
1: mm-hmm.
2: a few well, months i guess winter's
1: a
0: good time oh yeah yeah that's
2: that, why it's happening in, mm-hmm. in winter <laughs> Nice. i gotta be yeah, ready yeah. for various things in the summer so that's that's the plan so
0: no, well, it's cool. I checked out some of your guitar, oh, you? man. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I love it. I oh, think wow. it's. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, which musicians kind of inspired your music? Like, you you're kind of folky and yeah. But, I mean,
2: I, I play mostly acoustic guitar. I play electric too. I sometimes yep. play electric with other people. Uh, I, I do like uh, every once in a while. I uh, I play, end up sort of being hired for a gig or two by by somebody. You know, yep. it's a, kind of like a session guy. Um, yep. But yeah. I uh, like acoustic fingerstyle players uh the earliest influence and probably still the strongest influence on my music was bruce coburn his his really early stuff from his first records in the 70s um yeah yeah. i mean and, and throughout but especially that when he was doing mostly acoustic stuff and, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, that'd probably be the one. But th- those sorts of things. Well, we'll
0: put we'll put links to some of your oh, music great. in the show oh, notes great. as well. Because oh, man, yeah, people, it's a good uh, it's a good river soundtrack. You know, when you're out there <laughs> okay. When you listen to music. <laughs> okay. Just get some of that guitar okay. going. Yeah. Um. All right, Mitchy's Fishies Five Time Five Questions. Okay. called Mitchy's Fishies Five. Mitchie's Fishies 5 uh, just okay. to give it a little. Uh, you know, kind <laughs> good of luck. Is this like the, the um,
2: one-word answer thing, or what?
0: No, no is, you get to this. This isn't that. a word it's association. Like, thing, okay. No, no. Nah, we just, it's just five more okay. questions. But we ask every single guest. We've asked, like, I don't know, over 100 people <laughs> these five questions now, and one day we're hoping to make our own. <laughs> oh, so is it a competition a for the
2: best game. answers? Absolutely.
0: No. It is who's, in every way. Who's, leading? <laughs> who's leading so
2: far?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I don't see? know. That's a good question. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll okay, go okay. from there. All right. Um, okay, so the first of Mitchie's Fishies 5 is what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish,
2: what would it be? Oh, I guess it would probably be a rainbow trout. I'm basically just a trout guy. Yes. I fished for steelhead a little bit, but I haven't done this all. Um, it's really, like, I really like brown trout, too. I, and I understand there's something magical about a brown trout. But in terms yeah. of kind of having, I don't know, Everything, the places they live and the way they fight, and, you know, the way they jump and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Having spent so much time on the bow where we've got a really, really exceptional strain of rainbows, I'd have to say. Yes. Rainbows. Yeah. They're beautiful. They they're are. beautiful yeah. fish. I love yeah. rainbow trout. He does. Love them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just so cool. They're yeah. like the, in my head, they're like the OG trout for some reason. I don't know why. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense.
2: The OG but, trout? Is this I'm a basketball? The OG person? trout. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just became like when I was when I was getting into fly fishing. I became obsessed with rainbows for okay. some reason. Not Browns, not yeah. Brooks. Just wanted to catch a okay. rainbow. And yeah, they're they're cool. I love that. Answer's awesome. Okay. Uh, the second one is if you could fish anywhere in the world oh, right, right now, assuming it's the best time of year to go to that place and the fishing is going to be amazing, where would you
2: go? And oh, anywhere in
0: the world, free ticket.
2: I would pr- first class. First class. class. Oh, wow, okay. I've never yeah. been on first class <laughs> or business um, class. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I would probably uh, go back to New Zealand. I've been to New Zealand, but uh, nice. not for a long time. And uh, if I'm going to go back, I would have to do it fairly soon. I guess I couldn't go right now because I'd have to be back by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> <A> little <laughs> quick, right, but, yeah. yeah.
2: If I if I had uh, once my knees repaired, Jesus, I go, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a wonderful country and wonderful, fi- yeah. not easy fishing, but terrific fishing. Uh, you know. Yeah. If you, all the stuff we talked about is you know is all mm-hmm. there, including but it's sort of uh, punctuated by much bigger fish than we catch <laughs> most of the okay, rest yeah, of the world yeah. so clear 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 clear, clear, yeah.
0: clear yeah. water yeah. Have eh, you guys been? big trout right no no, 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 we've talked about it on the show a okay. couple times, and mm-hmm. uh you know I've heard about the, the big bows and stuff yeah, like that I yeah. mean
3: it's big oh, fish that's... there.
1: my uncle got his yeah. knee replaced, and he actually likes his new knee better just to let you know.
2: Hey there A you go bit, I'm gonna like it better than the way it is now I hope that's I, this I had the other one that's done the idea. I had the other one done four years ago and it's the the repaired one is great yeah, uh,
3: yeah. And if this one turns huh.
2: out like that one it it will be great i'm I'm planning on liking it better
0: 100%. <laughs> upgrades take that <laughs> yeah take that new need to New Zealand and uh, yeah yeah there I'm stoked go. to see those pictures um okay number three which fish five is what is your best or favorite or one of your best or favorite fishing memories mm-hmm.
1: of all
2: time. Oh boy. You to pick oh one. Boy. No, um, Mitch.
1: This question always gets me.
2: Yeah. It's a stumper. It is. Uh, how about how about this? Mm-hmm. I haven't had it yet. Ooh. Hey, there you go. Oh, that's cool. That's a first. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, well, I because I'm thinking I've got these two little grandsons who are six yeah. and eight, and they haven't. An, you know they haven't got there yet for the fly fishing thing, but that, that yeah. might be close. So, some of the you know our daughter, we we just have one child, and that's our daughter, and um, yeah. and she uh, grew up in a fly fishing world and 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 loves to fly fish and is really good at it. And um, so that that would want to be one of the highlight things. Okay. Now it just in a general sense, getting her doing. I, I, how about this? I remember the first time that that she went and and caught a fish. I, I was with her. We were, we were on the Elk River in BC, and we floated the river. And, you know, she caught lots of fish by then, but she was probably like 13 or 14, maybe, I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. But I was always standing by her side saying, okay, cast over there. Okay, okay, recast again now. Okay, let's change fly. Here, take a step. This. And I remember we, we stopped the boat at one place and um, looked up the river, and there was a fish rising, and I just said, okay, go get them. And she said, aren't <laughs> you going to come with me? And I said, no.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So she, she went up this. there and
2: caught the fish. And, you know, that, that's a pretty, that independence thing is a pretty, kind of a big deal. Yeah. So maybe that's that would great. be it.
0: That's thing. awesome. That's, that's a, a great memory. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah. I it is. love the it is. looking forward to fly fishing yeah, with the yeah, grandkids. Yeah. This is pretty yeah. awesome, too. That's yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. Okay, number four is, we've talked about this a bunch, but um, I guess we've more so talked about the justification of, why we do it, but, but why do you fly fish? Like what keeps you going back out to the water? The river? Well,
2: I, um, it's funny cause I just answered that question in a, in a, uh, a piece. I just wrote a piece for fly fusion magazine. It's kind of looking back on, well, it's, it was a two part thing. One was, uh, I started fly fishing in Jasper park uh, when I was you know a teenager with my parents. Um, and uh, I haven't been back there in 50 years to fish. And so I went back. Linda and I went back last year and uh, fished some of the places. Um, and it, it made me think about a, a piece I read. It was actually a speech to the American Museum of Fly Fishing given by Ernest Schwiebert, who was a big, a big yeah. deal in my, you know, my era. And uh, he he said uh, after sixty or so years of fly fishing, I now know why I do it. I do it because of beauty. And I thought right. yeah, I think that's probably it. Beauty and, and for me the memories. That, that'd yeah, be why right. I do it. It's
1: a good answer.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. Good.
0: Number five, Mitch's as Vicious Five, uh one of our favorites. Uh really excited to hear what you're going to say is <laughs> What fly pattern represents you oh, best? Oh,
2: you one? guys have got this on you. You were a fly. Pattern. Oh, I didn't even see. I saw that you guys oh, have got those things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got them on the site, yeah. Well, Let's see. Yeah, what would you be <laughs> if you were a fly?
2: You got to be careful with this, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what am I? What am I? See, I'm trying to decide. Do I don't look for something that's really effective, something with a st- or something with a stupid name, or something that's really ugly? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, people go all yeah. different
0: directions with these you know we've uh, we've heard a lot of different
2: answers gee um well <laughs> oh, can you remember some other people's answers
0: <laughs> oh man we've heard woolly bugger yeah, i'm times. not gonna yeah. i'm not going there i'm not going
1: there <laughs> no no <laughs> i feel like the answers are yeah, like no highly I mean, predicated by people's knowledge of uh flies
0: <laughs> yeah we've heard we've heard a lot of cool things like you know people talk about patterns we have to google and i mean i, I said adams yeah uh, that's right yeah. you because know, i'm small and hairy and uh <laughs> you know kind of
3: old feeling like,
0: oh, oh <laughs> like i'm not Ilma going said there yeah yeah well, i'm not gonna him a Clouser. i'm not gonna go egg sucking leech no that's it right. yeah yeah, no, no. Leech, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i said slump buster uh, slump buster right uh, like yeah, uh,
2: yeah which
1: is um, yeah. <laughs> he always picks the most <laughs> crazy i model. don't
2: even uh <laughs> This is hard. Um, yeah, a tricky one.
1: Uh, yeah, Slump buster. I kind of,
0: I kind of have an idea. Okay. <laughs> maybe, <but laughs> okay. Just based on our conversation right now, like I'm feeling like maybe a Lady Caroline or something
2: like. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's like a nice. That sounds of. nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a nice
0: looking fly, flashy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. That seems it, I can't pick for it. Gender one, might be a know,
2: problem, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. True. That doesn't name doesn't make sense <laughs> for sure. No, we'll go with that. I don't even know what I know, I know it a like. Yeah. I don't remember what it looks like, but it's, it's, a, it's a it's a pretty name. And there's so many flies that have got stupid names these days. Yeah. You know, in, in there are intentionally so many stupid, stupid names. names. Um,
0: yeah. Well, maybe, maybe what do you think? Would you be like a dry fly, or would you be a streamer? No, I'd, be, be I'd a want fly? to
2: be a dry fly, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, dry fly? I dig that. I think I could see yeah, that, Yeah, too. for sure. Yeah. 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 Like, what, what kind of dry fly are we talking here?
2: Searching pattern. <laughs> No, I think maybe uh, Pale Morning Done. Uh, what, no, okay. nice. what about just that? Yeah. yeah. It's Pale a morning.
1: generic, generic, yeah. generic great. No
3: great.
2: group
1: of yeah. flies, I suppose.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but that okay. works. That totally okay. works. Yeah,
0: nice. I like that. I like that. All <laughs> right. Pale yeah. Morning Done. There you go. That's it's it. You can't play. take hey. it back now. Like, that's it's, <laughs> it's permanent in the records. Okay. <laughs> I love it. We're good, Jim, man It's been really good chatting. Like, thank you so much for coming oh, great. on the show well, and,
2: and just. Can I just mention one one thing here? On. There's, there's, um, if that's alright. Please,
0: right. this is the time okay. to call out all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, one of the things that, find you, about
2: um, the Trump Tracks book that we didn't sort of come around to is the one of the neatest yeah. things about the book is that um, it's illustrated with not with photographs but with art that oh. uh, my wife oh, Linda cool. has done, and it's uh, she. Be- oh wicked. Became an artist in the last. six or seven years and uh was you know and her topics are often fish and flies and insects and stuff and and it just turned out that they they worked really well in the book so that's that's something we're really really pleased about the other thing is that there, the um the fly fishing expo i listened a little bit to your interview with my buddy derek bird and he was talking about the, the fly fishing exposition that was in calgary for a number of years um it, it's yep. it's coming back, kind of. Uh, it's going to be part of the the Calgary Boat and Sportsman Show uh, this year, which is okay. fe- February 10th to 12th in Calgary, and there's going to be a you know a fly fishing segment, I guess, of that show. Oh, cool! And uh, uh, I think uh, Linda's going to be there for sure. I'm not. It's going to depend on how I'm recovering from my surgery, but I might be down mm-hmm. there with some her, certainly her art, and, and she'll have my books and stuff there too. And I might be there too if I, I can like hobble around. But anyway. Nice. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So.
0: That's perfect. And where can people find, you know,
1: like uh, your yes. stuff? Shameless your, plug time is Aldo would say. Oh,
2: I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, mclennanflyfishing.com is uh, is a, a website. Websites are old-fashioned. I know awesome. that. But, uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> does anybody use websites anymore? Huh? We do. Oh, oh okay. Heck yeah, yeah. Okay, good. good. Yep. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> and uh, if uh, th- there's lots of email links there. If people are looking for information on our fly fishing schools or uh, any, any of the books we can it's actually uh, pretty reasonable to to mail books within canada i think it costs about five bucks to mail a book in canada so anybody needs one of the books i can you know sign it and personalize it and mail it off nice. or like that, so awesome Great.
0: yeah Down. wicked all right okay well we'll put links to all okay. that stuff in the show okay. notes too and uh yeah for anybody listening that's in calgary or in the area go check out the uh the show there in uh, february and Sure, you can find more details online we'll put those in the show notes too but okay. uh, yeah Jim oh, thanks great. so much man it's been really cool chatting yeah. and, uh, and learning about your family well, life. Well, it's
2: fun it's uh you guys are great and it's you, clearly we're all in the same <laughs> we all have the same affliction here
0: yeah <laughs> oh for sure big time yeah, so. big time yeah maybe one day we can get well, out and fish together
2: what's that knees oh yep. I'll, I'll be I'll be ready I'll be ready by May I'll be ready so that's that's great. That's perfect. perfect um what when all you're right. done when this is Done. Can you send me some kind of a link or something so that I can oh, tell you yeah, Oh awesome. yeah, it's we'll send see you everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh good. Yeah, we're good, gonna good. Send you okay. uh,
0: Amazing. Thanks okay. so much, Jim. And thanks, uh, take guys. Care. Enjoy the evening. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the one and only Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tightline stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more that's flyfishinginternational.com or head to ffi-magazine.com to check out the magazine that's ffi-magazine.com today's show is brought to you in part by chums yes chums the makers of fantastic outdoor gear for guides, dirtbags, river rats, and weekend warriors. Chums has been crafting exceptional products since 1983, most notably including their eyewear retainers, which is how they got their start. Many of Chums products are made in the USA and they're all designed with adventure in mind. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, bags, phone dry cases, eyewear retainers in all kinds of wicked styles and much, much more. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right Right there with us in the form of amazing on-the-water gear, and of course, keeping our sunglasses from sinking to the murky depths of the waters we fish. Head to chums.com to explore sweet stuff, chums.com. Um, Jim was awesome. That was a really cool conversation. Before we talk about that, though, we're going to do a new segment right now, which is a... Uh, stories by anglers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so what people are about to hear, I think the first one we're going to do, I'm thinking is Nick, um, uh, our friend Nick, who uh, recorded a really cool story. Um, but we got all kinds of different anglers coming out over the next rest of the shows for the rest of the year. So here's the first time we're debuting this Best Fishing Story Ever segment. Go. Enjoy. Go. Go. <laughs> Best Fishing Story Ever, by Nicholas Roman.
3: About 10 or 12 years ago, um, I used to be, this is like before marriage, before kids and everything, I was really obsessed with um, uh, doing like backcountry trips. So me and a group of buddies, um, oh, they're actually like old high school friends. We'd, we were every couple, well, I'd say a couple times a year, we were heading into backcountry, um, Usually, because we were living, we're all living in Toronto, we were all living in High Park at the time. Um, it, the destination was often Algonquin, um, just due to proximity to it. Um, so we'd head out there. Usually, it would be the typical like ice out trip that we'd get most excited for, because we'd then uh, try to find some brook trout spots. Um, and it kind of felt like each year we got way better at it, right? So, like each year we were going further and further and further. We had better gear, better stuff, better know how on how to catch the fish. Um, and so, yeah, this was a trip uh, uh, right out of ISA. We got about a week uh, to, to go and um, uh, really sort of explore. And we, had, and we had this destination lake in mind that was gonna take forever to get there. It was gonna take like two days, uh, portage and canoeing really to get back there. So um, that, that's what we did. Um, get up there, spend the whole day getting way in there. After about the first day of just hard slogging it, you just don't see anybody anymore. Like usually at that time of year too. The only people you're going to run into are rather fishermen, um, and you're not really going to see any other like recreational campers uh, at that time of year because it's cold and miserable. Um, and so it was about the second day of, of hard work getting in there um, when we came to a portage. And uh, right at the lip of that portage, uh, right at the landing of that portage, was this massive rapid. It was huge. Um, white water going down, huge boulders breaking the, the current up. Um, and so we were like just kind of nervous even getting the canoe so close to to land there. Um, but we did, um, did the portage, we were traveling a little heavy so we brought a little too much stuff and we're at the, uh, coming back for our second load of portage and we see a canoe coming across the lake. Dude coming across the lake was ripping, paddling, like expert level paddling. As he got closer we could kind of see that this guy was in a beautiful canoe, um, and he wasn't dressed the way we were dressed, he wasn't wearing like the Gore-Tex and like, you know, the like, uh, kind of modern camping gear that uh, that we'd all we all seem to adopt now. Um, he had a wool shirt on, old tilly hat on that looked like it had been in the sun forever. Um, and as he passed by the portage, he didn't even stop. He just went and shot right over the rapids, um, literally carved like in and out of, the, out of all the rocks, didn't touch a single rock with his canoe. And we were all just sitting with our jaws on the floor that this guy had completely shot the rapids. And his canoe and uh, seemed to make it out the other side. So we were like, holy smokes, look at this guy go. Um, well, when we came out the other side um, of the portage, he was there. He was sitting there drinking a cup of coffee or something. Um, and he sort of turned around and he greeted us and said, well, hello, boys, how are you? And we said, wow, that was amazing. We just saw you go over the rapid. That was crazy. Like, blew us away. And he was like, kind of smiled. Um, and immediately, like, this guy totally gave up the vibe of, like, I've been doing this all my life. Like expert level canoeist, like reeked of his confidence. Like he owned the place. Um, well, he saw our fishing rods and he said, oh, are you boys uh, uh, doing some fishing? And we said, yeah, like we're, we're here. Um, we're trying to get into this back lake. We'd heard that some of the scientific studies said that the population levels of the trout were great. We were all fired up. He said, oh, well, do you have a map? And I said, yeah, I have a map. So I brought him my map and he said, well, If you boys are fishing, you want to fish right here. And he pointed to a very specific bay on this lake. I was like, oh, that looks like a great spot. And I mean, I I also want to try here where the creek comes in. And I want to try this shoal. He's like, no, 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 we don't understand. You want to fish here. And he pointed back to that bay. And we were like, oh, okay, like this must be a great spot. So he packed up, kind of bid us farewell, headed off into the the lake. And uh, we had still another half day of portaging. So we like... A little slower than him, we packed up all our, all our stuff, ate some lunch, headed on our way. Um, well, the wind picked up as we entered this destination lake that we had. And so we had to make camp at the first campsite we saw. We didn't really have much of a choice. It's A relatively large lake, uh, like right in the center of Algonquin. Um, so we made camp, waited for the wind to die down in the evening, we went out. We thought, well, of course we're gonna go try this guy's spot, right? So we head out round the point um, to where this bay was. And sure enough, here's a campsite and with this same guy sitting there on his chair, drinking his cup of coffee. And so there's, as we entered the bay, we had to pass him. I thought, well, we're in the middle of nowhere. I don't really want to intrude on this fella. Um, might just say like, oh, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. And he said, no, 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 please. I've already had my film. Please enjoy and good luck. And so we entered into the bay. Uh, well, it wasn't longer than like two minutes of fishing that we were already into brook trout like crazy. It was like, up until that point, and for anybody who's like listening that knows a little bit about fishing in Algonquin, it can be quite hard. Not all the lakes are super productive. Um, we had a lot of trips that, let's just say they're relatively disappointing. Uh, our expectations are always high, but the, the results are always a little disappointing. Well, not this day. This day was the most epic day that I'd ever had. We, we were catching fish like, like crazy. Uh, most of them were 14 to 17 inch brook trout. Uh, we had double headers in our group. We, every single cast in that that spot that that guy recommended just seemed to produce either a strike or something. And we couldn't believe our luck. We were hooting, hollering, laughing, it, it was crazy. And the, the whole time we could just see uh, the same guy sitting on the on the side of the uh, his campsite with his cup of coffee. And every time he saw us hooked up, he'd raise his cup of coffee and so would kind of salute us and, and it was really cool. Well, that night we went back and we were talking about over the campfire, talking about what we're going to do the next day. Well, I thought, oh, man, this lake is full of fish. We picked the best lake that we could have picked. Like, we got to go hit this shoal. We got to go hit this river mouth. So we set off the next day really early in the morning and fished all over the lake. Well, it must have took about eight hours of fishing and we caught zero fish at all these other spots that looked identical to this one. So at some point, one of the guys in our group said, well, we got to go back to where we were last night. That was just crazy. And so we packed up and headed back over to where um, uh, this guy's recommendation was. And sure enough, he was there again, sitting on the the rock, sitting there on the point, uh, drinking his cup of coffee. Um, And we said, oh, we fished all over the lake and we couldn't even get a bite. And he said, yeah, he said, this is a really good spot. He said, what you should do is you should go try that point right there. And so I was like, Already, I'm headed right to that point. Uh, My friends went back to the same spot where they were catching the brook trout the day before. Um, I hit that point, within five, 10 minutes, I'm hooked up to like a six, seven pound lake trout. Paul then, again, right? Who is this guy? How does he know, how does he know everywhere where these fish are? Um, I head back over to where my friends are. They're hooked up with brook trout. They've now put their canoe on the bank and now they're now catching them from shore. So we stayed there until almost dark and just had a wonderful evening, uh, casting off the shoreline, catching brook trout like crazy. Um, and again, we went back to our uh, um, our campsite that night, just feeling like heroes. That those two nights, if you could have put all of our previous trips in the previous like six, seven years that we've been doing it together, we wouldn't have caught as many fish as as we did in those those two nights. So it was a really special time and. Uh, the next morning I, we were planning to leave because we were going to go uh, stay on another lake and i really wanted to thank this this guy this really kind of enigmatic figure that we would met that had totally turned us on to these fish so we got pretty early and i paddled over to his campsite um, and uh yeah he was uh, uh he was already packed up and he was gone and it was first thing in the morning so he had disappeared just as fast as he would kind of came i thought that was so strange um well for anybody that knows anything about Algonquin, um, you usually have to um, book your, your lakes in advance and you have to uh, register um, what lake you're going to be staying on. So I thought, oh, um, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll just write a really nice note um, just thanking him for making our trip and I'll drop it off at the park office on our way out. Um, and maybe, maybe he'll get it, right? So um, we continued our trip. We had a couple more nights um, on another lake and then we left. Um, well. When I went back to the the park office before we left um, to drop off that that thank you note and put a few flies in the in the note um, just telling them how special a time that made it really made the trip Um, I went and spoke to the uh, park office lady and said you know I ran into somebody that really made our trip Um, I just had a note just on the off chance that maybe they check out could you pass this off to them Um, I know you can't give me any personal information she said, "Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, what lake were you guys staying on, and what dates were you there?" And so I told her we were on this lake and we we're staying there on these dates, and so was he. And she looked up and she said, "Well, there's nobody else registered on that lake." And so it was the, the eeriest thing. The hairs on my arms totally stood up. "About what do you mean there's nobody staying on that lake? We had met this guy who had told us everything where to fish, and I thought about like what the guy was wearing and the like knowledge that this guy had of the park. Um, so it was the eeriest, eeriest thing that had happened." And uh, I went back and I told my friends, and uh, oh, we we have a lot of stories now about how we might've met the ghost of Algonquin that had uh, totally turned us on to the best fishing holes in the park. But he was probably just a factory worker who knew the the Algonquin Park like the back of his hand, or I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not a spiritual person by any means, but uh, I don't know. There's strange stuff that that goes on in the backwoods. So you never know who you're going into. But uh, I would have loved to have learned his name and uh, I don't know, been able to thank him. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll run into him again.
0: So I hope you everybody liked that oh, uh, I new know. segment. Let's <laughs> pretend to be man. frozen. let was pretending to be frozen for the <laughs> guys. I hope everybody liked that new segment. Nick's story is pretty cool. Uh, you guys haven't heard it, but listen to this podcast. Like literally, you, two, Yelmo, Ida's, because uh, it's pretty sick. Here, Nick did a great. Well, if you can't hear, there's gonna be a problem. Nick yeah. did a great job. His story is really cool. Uh, so yeah, keep uh keep listening to the shows throughout the year because we're gonna have. More of those segments next mm-hmm. time we'll hear from uh John Gierak. So there we go, and then after Both. that, April Vokey, and then uh, yeah, I'll there you go. Um, Jim was awesome, that was a cool chat. Getting to hear yeah. about I don't know that much about Alberta, nah. the Bow River, no, there's uh, rivers, it's just like I mean, it's like a whole other community out there, but it's pretty cool, like hearing about how it's changed over the years from someone like Jim, and
1: totally, and, and
0: also like he knew Lee, like the CEO of everyone. Yeah.
1: It's great. That's I feel sick. like there weren't there weren't that many people to know back that. then. Yeah, it was yeah. like uh <laughs> it's like seven people.
0: Even more of a tight knit community. Like we think it's small now. Back then, yeah, it was,
1: yeah it was, way small.
0: Well, it, well, it was also like you just didn't know. There's no way to connect people. Really, yeah, without the, the there's internet. probably a shitload of people fly fishing, but like, just
1: sending letters to like anyone who will listen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, there's certainly no forums or anything like that. Carry pigeons.
3: Know. No. You
0: know, it's cool. Speaking of forums, so I'm getting really amped on ice fishing season, as you guys know, because I talk about it every day. No. Um, uh, uh, but I went on the forum. Uh, like an, like an actual forum. forum? Yeah. Like not, the fishing not a reddit. forums. No, nope. There's all kinds of fishing forums I used to frequent back in the day. Actually, I just remembered one of them I haven't been on in a long time. Um, I'm going to go look at that later. But one of them's uh Fishhawk, a forum in Ottawa. Um and uh, I used to go on there when I was a kid. But I was on there just looking at different posts about the ice season, uh, you know,
1: coming yeah. to the... Is there ice?
0: Conditions. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's forming, it's, but it's... It's pretty sketchy. Well, no, it's getting there. It's getting there. Like, yeah. I'm planning on going out in a couple of weeks, Jan mm. 21st. I'm hoping to, that's going to be my first time out. But people were talking about, like, fishing regulations and kind of holding each other accountable and talking about... That's good. Yeah. Like, on back lakes, I'm like, that's pretty yeah, cool yeah. to see people talking about that stuff just like policing each other not even policing but just like spreading awareness and education about back lake. because i'm like man there's no way there's gonna you're gonna find a conservation officer like that far back in these lakes but people are like oh don't fish there it's closed
1: to this time and it's confusing were the comments all positive
0: yeah like but i like i remember back in the day fly fishing forums and i'm sure sometimes they're like that too now like Sometimes you get a lot of people that are just like angry and <laughs> like hateful comments. Oh, for but, sure, man. But now it's like, it, I think people are, I don't know, just like, I feel like there's a general shift as the community grows. People sort of are figuring out ways to make it work, you know? You lost garbagey. Mm-hmm. The yeah, is totally. no soup
1: for you in, on the stairs. Oh, yeah? No, so, no soup for you. Chicken noodle.
0: <laughs> no, actually, is- I I was really, so I'm sick. I don't know, everybody listening, I have a, something going on i was like looking at chicken noodle soup today in my cupboard and it expired in 2021 so i was like bro you got you we got you thanks
1: baby what's going on with you yeah what are you doing what What are you you looking at right now look at you guys you've been fishing
0: you've been doing anything i haven't seen you in a long time what's going on
1: i know it's just working no i'm not working i'm no sick man that's cool what are you doing well i usually look up Everything that at. you guys talk about that I don't understand. <laughs> just look, looking at, looking at weird stuff on the internet or.
0: Oh, what are you doing lately? I haven't seen you. Yeah, what oh, did you do
1: today? Uh, working, working. I got a just project. I'm working, working on. You
0: sent me. You came by the house to give me these playas. Yes. Ooh, so merry Drift. Christmas. Thanks, man. I actually love them. They're yeah, actually yeah. super dope. Yeah, yeah. man. Lube, uh, Loon, it's, they're Loon, sick, yeah. man. Like the grip is really good. Yeah. I'm gonna use these things for Pike.
1: Yeah, man. Whoa, Chris okay. recommended those. Awesome. um yeah and i just got a nice um magnetic uh fly tying tray from oh, yeah Loons that thing's pretty well. cool Loons. too yeah, yeah it was cool. as well yeah yeah like, I mean, I had like your... a spot to leave it instead of just like moving around yeah. i, I didn't get anything those. by the way for christmas from you guys we're actually yet. we've been colla-
0: we've been corro- corroborating in cool. the back end yeah
1: oh, Don't so worry worry about i mean
0: it. soulfly bought all these gifts right yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I buy myself I just, these pliers. Why don't you just buy yeah, yourself
1: did. something? Yeah, but we're gonna get, it's we're gonna fun. get you.
0: No, it's not fun. We gotta like put some thought yeah. into it. Oh yeah, so we fly, had a whole So we'll get you something. Yeah, so we had a, get we had you a chat. There's,
1: there's, there's talks
0: happening. Ideas really are percolating. Up, Hope you like dirt bikes. <laughs> 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 Imagine <laughs> so buying
1: so sick. The Honda. And that's the last we saw of Yoma.
0: just pinning it down King Street.
1: Oh man, King Street. To tell you. Um, yeah, uh, I've been working hard this whole week, man. Got a huge project. I'm working midnight oil the last three days. So tomorrow too, just one of those What's midnight. It's oil? January. What's too midnight easy? oil? Like three? What?
0: Wow! Well, dang. Gotta
1: take care. Oh, of Oh, you're yourself, working man. late at night. Is what you meant to say?
0: Yeah, he's burning the midnight oil. Is that a thing?
1: Oh, he was. Yeah. Because I said working the midnight oil, I didn't say burning the midnight oil. I'm
0: work right. and burn. He was catch, catching
1: my. You guys want to go ice fishing with error. me? No, I feel like it's like more like steelheady time. <laughs> it's like <laughs> steelheading conditions. I just want to go sit on an ice, the ice and jig. Just I jig. mean, we could probably break into like a skating just rink. Sonar going. And bring the ice. The skating
0: rink. It's be so fun. It's just, we can just sit in the art and drink. I'm just gonna jig for perch, jig
1: <laughs> right. for walleye. Yeah, man. Enjoy the crisp wind of, on the giant bay. It was cold for the last like two days, but now it's plus. Ah, this won't
0: this won't hurt the ice. This will be good. And anything, it'll melt the snow, which will just help take the insulation away. It's good.
1: People are ice fishing. The river froze up there for a little bit. The Humber? Yeah, it was frozen, and then it busted up again.
0: Yeah, the Humber's yeah, the Humber's crazy like that. I wonder if the Humber (laughs) gets like ice that we could go ice fish.
1: Dude, totally. You know, like that bay, like like, near the harbor. Yeah, you definitely could. You could definitely. Mm. It'd probably be wild. Like this, definitely pan fish. We can just go. I bet you people ice fish in there yeah be kind of
0: wild we could i mean i've got that new otter six person like it's a yurt we can go we can
1: go down by the mouth there's a parking lot down by like uh by the queensway i don't know if i want to
0: be that like downtown fishing though you know
1: well no it's not downtown it's like it's like it's like just go down jane street till you almost get to the water
0: like we're we're in the city, like it's like I don't want to be like in the city, you
1: know. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Downtown, you know, downtown to me is just like a so Let's
0: go let's to, to the Bluffs, Leslieville. Let's go to the Bluffs. The bl- downtown is Etobicoke <laughs> to the Bluffs. Yeah, I snowboarded down the
1: Bluffs once. What? Yeah, I hit a shopping cart. Yelma, you ever snowboard down the Bluffs? No, only Centennial Why? Park. I just Centennial never Park, oh, that's cool. Centennial Park's sick. My grandma used to live right there. Yeah, oh, I liked it. Wow. Yeah. And Osler. Um Yoma. Oh. Because I got spoiled Yelma. one time. Yoma. You got what? What? I said I said and Osler. Osler bluffs. What? But I got spoiled one time. It doesn't matter. Osler. What are you talking about? It's a private club. Osler bluffs. <laughs> uh,
0: are, are you <laughs> fishing anytime soon, Yoma? what's going on? Yeah, what's going on with you?
1: <coughs> Why aren't you fishing? Um sorry, Aldo's messaging me. Um I uh yeah, what are you doing? I What's yeah. Aldo saying? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I sent him the, you look I just sent you a picture of Andy Vanderkey in a in a rap video pose. Oh, cool. <laughs> Man, why are um, you gonna pick me up do for- you want me to answer the question? Uh, or, or no? Yeah. Please. Please yeah, just wait just over question. here. Let's um answer. Yeah, no. Uh I don't know. I'll probably go fishing maybe with uh Kayla and Aldo. Um in april i haven't bought the ticket yet so oh you mean I, you're gonna
0: go do ascension bay
1: they'll do ascension bay if not then i guess oh. i'll see you try Opener. it's whether oh. i'm willing to spend the money you know because i have to you know i, I spent too much money i should be saving you know getting to that yeah whatever whatever man just do ascension it. bay would be super
0: fun and i think yeah. casey kayla all them like they're super fun cool people and you haven't met them in person yet right
1: no i have not
0: only Sorry. oh man ascension bay looks sick
1: it does it does yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. the permit remember that video yeah. of the I think it was yeah. the first permit Kayla ever caught it was like literally the size of a ping pong table it was crazy <laughs> it was huge <laughs> literally dude. it was huge <laughs> the size it was huge. of a house and she's just like
1: okay and that was at attention pay I think that's anyway, pretty wild, it's wild.
0: well that's yeah cool, we should do that Yoma.
1: yeah Yoma. Yeah. yeah we'll see we'll see Could, you know can you drive me to the airport in the morning
0: no. <laughs> He's got to go to the airport in the morning because you you're, right? yeah. so, you're going
1: out to east tomorrow, right? Going out east tomorrow? Great podcast, everyone. Yeah, that's a good podcast. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> I that's think it's wrap. a wrap. I've run out of I got, time I got a lot Yelma. of work to do and stuff. Do so. you? Yeah.
0: Yelma yeah. works really late for some reason. And, Idis, you got to get up early, man, because Yelma's coming to pick you up, drive you to the airport at 4.30. So 4.30 in the morning. i think Have fun out east. I'm going, I'll be
1: going to sleep at 4.30. I'll miss Why? you, Idis. So just stay up and drive me to the airport no so, yeah i'll be texting you
0: lots of fun little texts please do actually and, I, was gonna, uh, I was gonna i was
1: gonna i thought about bringing a rod out there but apparently you should closed. everything's closed. Oh right mitchell roberts yeah, yeah.
0: you were talking to them and got they me, said that the everything's closed, yeah. yeah yeah well we're gonna try to go out there in the fall anyways to go fishing oh yeah and, look Scott, at some stripers, sick, man. and
1: mitchell too yeah fun. some stripers some um, sammies
0: yeah 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 100 baby yeah. everybody thank you so much for listening jim thank you for coming on the show that was awesome and uh yeah, I hope everybody has uh, a great has had a great start to the new year. Thank you for listening to this first show of the new season. Um, that's it for me, Mitch Yelma.
1: Bye, everyone, and thanks for listening.
0: Hi, Yeah, see ya, See you. Bye. One love. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at The SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.